Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Get Lit with Becky podcast, the podcast dedicated to your development and helping you light all the way up. My name is Becky and I am business mentor, empowerment coach and founder of Get Lit Inc, the home to your business, career and personal development. And I am on a mission to help as many of you as I can shine brighter and access your fullest potential. It is time to shush that inner critic of yours, break through your limiting beliefs and self-defeating behaviors, build up your self-worth, get out of your own way and fearlessly step into your power so that you can build a life that you love and a mindset that will take you places. This podcast is for the dreamer, the believer, the go-getter and the inspired. Let's get lit. Episode 35 with multi-platinum selling, award-winning and one of the UK's most in-demand writers and vocalists, Ella Henderson. Hello. (laughs) It's been a long time coming. I know. It's been amazing. I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, So for those of you who don't know, Ella and Ashley and I are neighbours. So we're currently sitting in our two different flats next to each other. Um, I'm so excited to have this conversation because Ella and I have had a lot, we have, haven't we, had so many of these kind of conversations between each other. And I, yeah. I think we, we, we first met each other like two years ago. And what I have seen, the change in you personally, professionally, in your entire life has just been so incredible to watch. And you are the epitome of what I call getting lit like you've totally got lit so my first question to you is I'm going to throw you a little bit here is if you were to define in your own words not doing right by me or anyone else what get lit means to you what would you say that is for me it just it's like this inner self-worth journey for me um that's what the whole thing means and I think it's it's not about what's happening on the outside it's what's going on on the inside um Mm -hmm. with everything like your physical health and and your mental health and I think for me over the last two years it's been a challenge and a journey but it's a journey that I'm on and I think grasping hold of that has definitely evolved into the feeling of me physically and mentally getting lit (laughs) (laughs) yeah nailed it love that I love I just love hearing everyone's own journey and what it means to them and I know a big thing for you has been your self-worth and and evolving and growing into the to the wonderful woman that you've become today so I guess why I'm so excited to have this conversation is for me, what I see the version of you right now, and we were talking about this just before is like, 
everything in your world right now seems to be aligned and you are shining so bright and you've just had the most incredible success in your career in the last few months. And I feel like you are in the most high vibe place that I think this is the most perfect time to be having this conversation because when I moved in two years ago, it was such a different look of an Ella. Like you were, I would almost say like a shell yeah. of the woman that you are now. So take me through, I guess for you, like as we just kind of start this, where, what has been this change for you? as you even mentioned then in these last two years? For me, there's been so many different things. I mean, like you said, one of the biggest things in my life is I've never had it before where everything's balanced. And that means my personal life, so that be my love life, my relationships, Mm -hmm. my relationships with friends, having the right people around me, um, my family feeling like even though I live four hours away and I'm in London and I'm such a northerner at heart, like feeling close to them again and forming those bonds and relationships, which I was able to do a lot of in lockdown. Um, and then my work life, like, I just feel like for some reason, I mean, I say for some reason I've worked really, really hard to get here, but I think like everything for once just feels like it's balanced and everything kind of coordinates. And when you get that, there's just like this inner peace and life just feels a lot easier. Life's not this like heavy drag of a day when you get up and you wake up, there's like so much to live for again. Um, and that took me a while. I think the biggest thing for me was just accepting to let go and not holding on to everything that I probably did in the past. Um, mm-hmm. So I was such a worrier, still am, still work on that. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so many things have changed. Like, I mean, we met, what was it, just over, is it over like two years, two years ago? Or ago. Back to about yeah, two years ago? Coming up to two years, yeah. And it was just, you were yeah. just such a different person. Yeah, I mean, I was going through a lot with my personal life. I was in a yeah. very different relationship to what I'm in now. I would describe it as a very toxic one um but when you're in it you don't see that and you don't know that and you know as much as I can put a lot of blame on another person there was so many ways within me where you know I didn't have self-worth didn't have self-love and I think until you have that you can't if you can't love yourself you can't love somebody else um so many insecurities that I had to work on and it was it was you know it it felt quite a heavy and dark time of my life um Mm. which also kind of manifested into me experiencing my very first panic attack which I know you've you've been around me to witness um many of them Um, Emma and I have saved each other on many occasions (laughs) at 2am with a panic attack where we bang on each other's door and we're like I need you I need you and do you know what I love I love about what you, when you talk about, and we're going to talk about your anxiety and panic in a bit, but what I love what you say with everything you've said anyway, is that it's still very much stuff that you're living with and you're learning to live with and become, you know, your brightest self while still facing all of that. And I think that's something that so many people struggle with is they have this idea in their head that we have to find this happy place where all of our insecurities are going to leave us as we get to that place. And all of those worries, those fears, those panic attacks are going to fall out the window the moment we become our best self. And I love how you talk about living with that. And we're we're going to talk about that. I guess when you, what I really want to touch on is when you talk about where you were two years ago in that, in that toxic space, toxic environment, what I think I have seen as the biggest shift in your journey is when you were there, it was like everything felt toxic. Like you said, everything felt that environment was was kind of oh my God, filtering yeah. through to everything else in your life, wasn't it? 
I even made myself believe at one point that I wasn't in love with music anymore. And that's literally what I live and breathe for. Like music to me, I know every artist and singer and says it, and I know your sister's even a songwriter. So she would say that music just means so much to her. And, you know, apart from like those who I can count on one hand who are so important, like music is everything to me. So I was putting a lot of the blame uh, onto different things in my life and not focusing on maybe the things that I should have been, but you don't see it when you're in it. Um, And I I felt like I just needed this big fix up and I needed to fix things, but I didn't really understand what it was that needed working on or what needed fixing. And then I also realized during this whole journey that you never fix anything for good and that's okay. Um, It's just constantly a learning process and a process of just like getting better and working on things. And if you can improve things every day, then that is you slowly progressing to a place where one day maybe it will be fixed. Um, But I think for me, yeah, like I, I had really bad relationships. Even with my family, I allowed things to happen where I got caught up with my family and, and, and me and my mom are so close. I've always been so close to my mom. And there was a time and place where I got so dark and and in my own head that I don't think I spoke to my mom for like three months. That's the longest I've ever gone. Like I'm 25, been on this earth 25 years and I've never not gone three months without speaking to my mom. Like I speak to her every day. We check in on each other and she's my best friend and she's a massive role model to to me so um Mm -hmm. that work like work I just found work so hard even though everyone from the outside is like the pop star life uh she's she travels she sings and stuff like for me everything became I related the anxiety that I was experiencing at home a lot with my work um And I, and I would blame it on the job. I would blame it. Oh my God, being around people makes me anxious or, or doing too much of that makes me anxious. It's too, it's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. And, you know, I've done it from such a young age. So I, yeah. How old were you when you came into the industry? Well, I was only, I was 16. Yeah. Which is really young. And I think there is definitely something like I've taken a therapist on over the last 18 months and something that we are working on. So aside from this, there definitely is a thing of, because I came into it so young, you just kind of throw yourself into the deep end and you just get on with it. And there was a there was definitely a period of time where, where whenever anybody told me to do anything or asked anything of me, it would always be yes. And yeah. I didn't have boundaries, which is something mm-hmm. we talk about a lot yeah. in all shapes and forms in your life. Like that's one of my biggest life lessons, especially in the last six months, I would even say is setting your boundaries in mm-hmm. whatever that is in your work life in in my relationship in my friendships um and just knowing what is okay and what isn't okay for a while i had to kind of acknowledge and teach myself that it's okay to say no to some things and yeah. situations and to people and being allowed to be in charge again of like actually i'm allowing that energy to come into my or into my circle and then I decide when I take myself from that or when they exit my circle. And there's a lot of a process to get there because for me, when somebody told me that, I was just like, oh my God, well, to me, everything's just all as one. And, you know, I never saw it as like these separate things that were all going on in my life. And it all felt like I was... The only way I can describe it is there was a point two years ago where I felt like I was like spinning loads of plates and running to each one and trying to like keep it going because I just felt like something was always wobbling and Mm -hmm. and I'd run to that thing and then another thing would start wobbling and I'd run to that thing and I never felt like everything was just going and everything's fine, Um, which is, I don't know, you know, every day isn't the same. Like, of course, we have our down days and I have my wobbles, Um, but I just feel like I'm in such a more positive headspace by 
accepting change and allowing myself to like trust in the process of what it takes to actually open up, get vulnerable, um, understand what my real insecurities were because I didn't really know what they were. I thought it was what always- What would you say that they were? Going Like if you, if you like, if you were to like even- It'd be quicker for me to say what weren't they, but- <laughs> I think it's so important for people to see that like we all struggle, you know, like I have insecurities. What were your biggest vices, your biggest insecurities or your biggest like self-sabotaging thoughts or behaviors that you had that you lived with every single day? I think I had a, I don't say I have anymore. I definitely had a really bad love-hate relationship with just like my, probably like my body in general and like looking in the mirror at myself and because I've, I guess I've always been the type of person where I used to say, oh, I yo-yo. And when I'm really happy and depressed, I might not eat. And then I, and it's really unhealthy. And then I do eat and then I don't. And it's finding this balanced lifestyle. And also the industry I'm in, as much as you want to say it's the same for men and women, it isn't. Like as a woman in the job that I do, there's constant pressure. Um, and whether anyone's yeah. putting it on you, you put it on yourself naturally to like look a certain way and to feel good. And you just want to feel your best self. And um, and I never really understood what the best self for me was. I think I always was like, I need to look like that or I want to try and look that way because that'll make me feel a certain thing. And if that's working for that person, that's going to work for me. When actually like just accepting, okay, this is my body. This is who I am. Love the skin I'm in more. And just like daily affirmations of telling myself just really nice things. I was quite negative to myself, like internally, like, and from the outside, nobody knew that, but I would be quite negative to myself and tell myself quite mean things, Mm -hmm. which we picked up on in therapy, which um, a lot of us do. I mean, I sometimes find myself still doing it and then I go to stop myself um, where I just put myself down for no reason. And I mean, you and I have had this chat so many times where it's like the fear yeah. of like your greatest success. Like you just, it's, it's a fear of like being your, the best version of yourself because you know that when you, when you access that and you actually live it, then it is scary because like, if that's the best version of yourself, what are you going to achieve? Well, I don't know. I'm just going to go on and on and on and just become great and greater as a person yeah. and evolve. But yeah. When that's become so unknown to you for a while, it is quite scary, that transition. That transition. For you, how much do you think these, this like, because I mean, I think every woman listening to this podcast would identify and, and say, you know, I've dealt with negative self-talk. I've spoken to myself disgustingly. I have indulged in thoughts that were just awful about myself. Um, and I also, you know, I think most women will probably agree in the, in the sense that a lot of that has been around what we look like and what our body looks like and whether we're good enough for other people. How much do you think that had a role to play in the fact that you were in the limelight in such a from such a young age like you didn't come into this industry in a way where it was just like behind the scenes you came into this industry in one of the biggest shows in the world yeah. at the time where it was one of, you know yeah. it was what you know I think that was the first season I, I ever watched like how much do you think that had a role to play that you were in that limelight I don't think I realized until more recently now how much of an impact that maybe did have on me from that age because when you're in it you don't know and you don't see it and you just go on and and things become very normal to you when actually when I take a step back and when I've worked through it a lot with my therapist again you know she's pointed things out where 
where I where I've either had a very grown up approach to things from a young age, which isn't normal for a 16 year old, like at 16, it's the time for making loads of mistakes. Whereas all of a sudden at the age of 16, I was being a role model to younger girls. And like just this thing of like, you know, never, never going out drinking, never um, trying my first cigarette or just all these things that like when life happens and all my mates were doing, I wasn't involved with. I was literally surrounded by a group of adults traveling and as, as though even though it was like incredible, I feel like I missed out on this kind of this life transition of going from a teenager into being a young woman. Hence why I took the time out after my first album. I took two years to just live. Um, And I'm, I'm so glad I did do that. I can remember being scared to do it, but at the time I was like, if I don't do this, I think, you know, not that I'll ever go off the rails. I've never been like, you know, to an extraordinary, like to the scale, scale of the spectrum, but like, I just think it's so healthy to find out what you what your truth is, what your happiness is. Like I, I lived in London and all my family and friends were back up north and I yeah. didn't feel like London ever felt like home. I didn't, I always lived in a flat and I never felt like my flat was my home. I just felt like it was like a hotel and a base and my real home was back at my parents up north. Um, and just buying like my first sofa and these things that are like, and learning about council tax bills and just like learning yeah. all these things that are like real life, stuff. Like real yeah. life things. Yeah. yeah. And I can remember one of the biggest things for me that I think my mum and dad even pointed out to me in the last few years of like, can you remember how excited you were when you passed your driving test? And I did it quite late because um, all my friends were driving as soon as they could. Um, and I did mine when I was like 22, 23. And I was just so proud of myself that I'd done something that had nothing to do with singing, music. It just felt like something that I'd done for me. And I can remember doing this intense course with an instructor and and I was so scared as well because it was like, I can remember just, it was the first time ever doing something where I just wasn't judged on anything other than that one thing, um, which was That pressure must be so difficult, like to deal with that pressure. Do you think, because obviously we're going to talk about your panic attacks and like anxiety, do you think that's a part to play the having this pressure on you all the time from whether it's work yeah. um, or being the best, being the role model, your fans having to show up in the right way? Am I doing the things? Is that quite a lot to how do you cope with that? How do you actually in your own space, in your own time, go away and cope with the pressure that is on you, I guess? Yeah, I think as well, when I look back at being younger, I just got on with it. And mm. now I see it as because I always ask myself, how can I have gone so long and not experienced anxiety or panic attacks when I was younger, when that was really crazy and busy. And like, I, I literally went from being a normal girl at school to literally just like living this crazy life, traveling everywhere. And I see it as it's definitely that format of like the pressure cooker thing of building up over time. And I think like I probably, it was like somebody had their hand over where the steam comes out and then eventually like that steam's got to come out at some point and go somewhere. And that was me yeah. having my wobble over the last two years. Um, yeah. But for sure, I find it, I'm, I, I think it's just really good for people to know that even though I'm going to sit here now and say my ways of coping with it, I still have days where I really don't yeah. and that's fine. Yeah. And and I just, I decide, okay, today is a day where I am going to really cry and I'm just going to get it all out. I'm going to be a moody bitch yeah. <laughs> and just, yeah. and just and get it out. Cause it's important to like, and also something I found really uncomfortable for a while was sitting with an emotion that was not anything other than being happy or excited or being grateful, like to actually be sat with okay I'm feeling sad okay why do I feel sad and get into the root cause of it 
and, and or being angry. Like there's so many times when I've been angry, but no one would ever know. I just keep it all locked internally. And like, that's yeah. so bad. Like, it doesn't mean that you need to go out and shout at people, but you need to work through it yourself because otherwise it's just going to sit there and brew and brew and brew until eventually you explode. But for me, my coping mechanisms are, I mean, you know, I've got into like my meditation and yoga. Yeah. They're, they're two massive things that have helped me. And that doesn't mean I don't do it like every day. It's not like I know a lot of people live by it and it's their ritual. But for me, it's like I just make sure once or twice a week I take this like solid hour of time mm -hmm. to be like, hey, that's my time. No one interrupts it. I put a candle yeah. on. Um, if you like crystals, get a few crystals out, spray yeah. a little spray and just put your relaxing music on. And one of my favorite things to do is just to lay back on the floor and close my eyes and just do an hour of like visualizing. Um, and I, I work, I work on like the first 20 minutes of getting, breathing out everything that I'm stressed about and just yeah. feeling like energetically I'm getting rid of it. And then the rest of the time is bringing in what I want to bring into my life and, yeah. and focusing on those points. Okay, well, what do I want to get out of this week or this month? Or if I could really focus on one thing today, what is it? Um, and living more presently. I think I used to constantly worry about the next thing, which yeah. we're all doing in any yeah. career. Mm -hmm. But like for me, I am such a worrier. And, and I think it's in like the star sign of me, the Capricorn. Like I'm such Capricorn. a... I'm such a stubborn or like I like to things to be organized and I like to know my schedule but I think also that's to do with from 16 I've been living off a schedule yeah. so if my like COVID for me without the schedule was very bizarre like not having a set routine and stuff so having to figure my own routine out was like a challenge at first but then one that once I got into it I was like actually this is so good for someone like me because yeah. I'm yeah. in charge of it for the first time and I think the Capricorn in me always likes to be in charge, but I've had to give <laughs> the responsibility up to a lot of people around me yeah, because course. I can't do everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, that, and that's the beauty. And I think something you said there was like, the way that you live with it now um, and you manage it now, I think the the beautiful thing you said was to not put pressure on yourself when you have those moments and you have those days where you're like, you know what? And we had this conversation the other day. You were like, had a shitty day yesterday. I had a come down after like an amazing, amazing day before. Yeah. And, and they're the weirdest. Yeah, it's they are the weirdest. You've actually, you think you feel guilty because you've actually got nothing to be really sad or upset about. Um, and you've just had this amazing day or this amazing meeting or an amazing Zoom or something amazing has happened in your life and you feel great about it. And it's like, I always have this thing within that 24 hours, I will then have this massive come down. And it's, it's, I find it really hard, the transition of feeling like this extreme level of excitement, adrenaline, everything going really well. And then yeah. walking away from that situation because I hold yeah. on to it. Um, even physically, I feel like I hold on to it. And then it's like a, it is, it's like some kind of energy calm down. Of yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the yeah. thing. It's like this, it's the inner critic, right? And like, I think both of us have had conversations many times before about how strong that part of us is, that shadow side of us that doesn't want us to shine. So going back a little bit, I'd really like to note the difference now between if you, when, for you, when was the first time you had like a panic attack or an anxiety, that feet like where anxiety really stepped in for you? So it was two years ago um, on Boxing Day of all days. Um, so it just been Christmas. And this was around the time when um, I was going through a lot with, with my family. I was in, I can say at the time I didn't know this, but at the time I was in quite a, a bad place in my relationship. 
Yeah. And I just felt very low all the time. And I can remember just feeling very numb to things. Like it was almost like I was going through life where things were passing me by and things were going on around me. And even when I was performing around that time on stage, I can remember feeling like somebody else is making me sing. It was really weird. It was like an out-of-body experience. It's like I was never present in any moment. I was just going through the motions of life. Um, And I can remember I wasn't speaking to my family at the time or my mum, which was horrendous. And I decided, of all things, to just book a flight with me and my ex-boyfriend. And we, we flew to L.A. And it was probably a mixture of jet lag, heightened emotions, feeling really down in myself, um to and of all the places I was in Ikea in LA <laughs> and I got to the tills and the checkout and I just remember I went and walked over to go like buy a bottle of water from like the cafe bit and as I walked back to the checkout I'd never had a panic attack before in my life um and I just remember all of a sudden my palms going like dripping with sweat and my heart racing and then yeah. this really weird taste in my mouth and then all my brain like on my head and my eyes just went fuzzy and I couldn't see in front of me and I honestly thought there and then, oh my God, this is it. I'm going and it's going to happen in Ikea and I'm going to die here. And I'm having, I honestly thought I was having a heart attack. Um, wow. And I just started shouting and the whole store just kind of looked over and then they, I don't really know what happened. It was all a blur, but I just remember really badly hyperventilating to a point where even like my hands had gone. And I think because I didn't understand that it was panic um apparently I went like blue in the face and I had like they they put like a mask over me and the ambulance came then I went into a hospital and I was putting a drip and eventually when I fully came round from it all and a doctor sat me down and said I promise you we've ran all tests there is nothing physically wrong with you in your health you are really healthy um but it's just anxiety and that was I've always heard about it and I've always like you know, like I've followed mental health and I've, I've, I'm really close with some friends in the industry and out of people that really struggle with it. So experiencing it for the first time like that, it was really weird. And Mm. I then had this massive fear of bringing a panic attack on. It was like living in fear of having anxiety then, which was, which then made me become, um, I literally was a hermit crab. I just didn't leave the house. When we came home from that trip, I didn't leave the house. I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to be around people. I stopped drinking caffeine. I stopped drinking alcohol, anything that I just thought was a trigger or something that could make my heart race a bit. And honestly, though, I didn't even, I lost sight of what even was the trigger anymore because it would just be any given circumstance and situation that it would come on. Um, and then it just got to a point where I was that bad. I just couldn't, I, I wasn't stopping having them. And my dad ended up driving to London and came to see me. Um, and he honestly thought, I'll never forget, he was sat on the sofa and he was like, Ella, please just be honest, I'm your dad. You can tell me anything and I will never judge you and I love you. I just want to get you the help you need. But you've got to tell me if you have taken drugs and if you're coming off drugs. Wow. And I was like, I swear to God, run any drug test on me. I've not. He honestly thought I was on a come down because that's how I was sat on the sofa, just constantly shaking. Wow. Um, and it was it was a very strange, surreal time. And that was just before covid and like all of these lockdowns began and I can remember my dad just we packed my stuff I decided to take a little bit of time out um and I got in the car my dad went back up north and that was like the start of my healing process and then weeks later came the time of uh having Boris Johnson announce that I was like, if I could have anything right now, I want the world to just go on pause. Obviously in the worst shape and form, because I know everyone's been going through such difficult times with COVID. But for me, um, that time, like 
I needed that time whether COVID came about or not I had to have take that time and look like I'm not even embarrassed to say it anymore it took me I was a month and a half we pushed my dad out of the bed I slept next to my mum every night for a month and a half and woke up every night at about three in the morning with severe panic attacks like screaming for an ambulance just thinking there's something wrong. It was like the devil had possessed me. And my mum at one point, who's really strong, and she was there through the worst of it with me, like when I was literally on the floor and saying all sorts of crazy things that I just didn't want to be here anymore. And I can remember just before my dad came to get me, I'd taken loads of cocodamol and I just didn't want to, like I just wanted to feel numb. I just didn't want to exist. And it was just the most awful, sad thing now when I sit here now and think of that because... You know, if anybody says that to me, it breaks my heart. And I, I just can't believe that my headspace and my brain was like sat yeah. in that place. Um, so it took a, a long time. And, and But being around those people and being around, for, for, for me, there was this healing thing that started of going back up north. Like from that moment, so many things changed. Um, yeah. I mean, you took control of your environment. Yeah, I did. Weeks into that, I realized coming out of the situation that I was in back here in London, um, in the relationship I was in, like, I realized how bad that was for me. And we don't need to go into the ins and outs of it. But a circumstance happened that we both don't agree with and is really bad. Yeah. Um, so that was time for me. And I think I needed somebody to actually really do something to me personally, because everyone around me was saying to me, you know, this isn't good for you. You shouldn't be in this relationship. And I think it needed to take for this person to actually hurt me to walk away from it. And I was like, that's it. That's it. And, and I can remember even my dad sat with me said, and it was, it's because normally you have these chats with another woman or a female. And for me, it was my dad to be like, you know, like I look at me and your brothers, like, and how we treat you. And if we spoke to you in that way, or we would do this to you, what would you turn around and say? And I'd be like, I wouldn't speak to you for a bit. And I'd be really, really hurt and upset. And he's like, okay, so why does this guy get away with it? Yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, it's, it's very bizarre. And my dad tried to put these, again, it was boundaries. My dad was like, you've lost all sense of boundaries. And he's like, and you've lost, he's like, you've always been this sparky Ella, this headstrong girl, and no one can like get in your way of what you want. Um, he says, and all of a sudden there's just this thing that's like taken over your life and you're just, you're just like plodding along and it's just, yeah. it's not you. Um, so having, having my parents by my side through it massively helped, um, for me, like without them, I definitely wouldn't be sat talking to you right now. Like they were such a huge part of the healing process. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's also really important to note, like I was, I was, I saw it every day, that toxicity that you were in, what it did to you, what it did to yourself. I think it's also really important just to note here, how was that filtering through to your creativity and the, because I remember having conversations with you at that point about your career as well, about you being like, I don't, you know, I just want to find Ella. I want to find me. I want to know what's out there, what music to go out there. And I think one thing I think from watching your journey from an outsider's perspective is just how, when you were in that toxic environment in that toxic relationship and your mood was low and your vibe was low and you didn't want to be here I mean it's it's for me to even hear that like knowing that I was next to it and not knowing how deep it was it makes me so sad to know that you were like obviously going through that but what was filtering through in your everyday life like your career at that time because I think people forget how how much that takes a toll on our outward environment yeah I think it was it was really strange because I was blaming everything else. Yeah. And I wasn't blaming, like the core of it was definitely that. Yeah. The relationship and how that made me feel. And then the person I became within that. Um, and also like, I just lost touch with the people that matter. Like, so for instance, my mum, my dad, my close family, my really close friends, they didn't want to be around the person I was with, but then they'd want to try and be there for me. But then I would find it really hard to keep them relationships going. So at that time I felt very isolated. Um, and it just be- became, I then be- had this like hatred for the job I do yeah. when it's the one thing I've always loved. Um, yeah. and that massively suffered even down to the fact, and I'm not talking about, you know, I didn't want to get out of bed and go to work that day. Like we've all got to get up and get on. I'm talking about like, I genuinely was prepared to give up what I love doing for a living for making something work or trying to fix this big thing in my life that was just draining me and taking so much out of me. Um, and now I realize, I think at the time as well, I labeled that as love and that's so bizarre. Um, because that's a whole other conversation of like what I thought love was. And, and I think the fact that I thought me loving that person and the way I was treated in return in that relationship, I thought that was love. I think that had a lot to do with how I loved myself. Um, because you only know what you know around you and what you experience. And, and that association for me was so toxic. So no wonder the way I was treating myself was in a really toxic way. Because now the only love that I feel at the moment is just like the most positive one like for my family it's unconditional and that's always been there but I just realize it now and when it comes to my relationship it's so easy like and the trust and this thing where you just don't worry like I don't worry anymore about things that I used to worry about and I realize ah, okay this is how it's meant to feel um Mm -hmm. but you don't know that until you experience it and you know when it's right and you, you just get good vibes and a good feeling and 
I was very wary though at the start and even my dad could sense because I've always been this very open-hearted heart on my sleeve type yeah. person and when I love and when I fall I fall deeply you're in yeah yeah and and meeting the guy that's in my life now is just like it was a breath of fresh air and I instantly like just was consumed by his personality and I felt I felt like I fell in love with his energy more than as much as I'm attracted to him physically of course yeah. but like I just feel like our morals aligned and so many things stacked up that made sense to me in my life mm. and I think it took still takes time with me now like there's just certain things that are still probably triggers or things that I find really hard within a relationship um and and trusting I, I find more difficult when in the past I used to find it so easy because I had no reason not to yeah. um and working through that as well, realizing that, okay, you can't, you can't not trust somebody because of somebody in the past. You've got to, you yeah. know, give, give them that trust until they abuse it. It's so different now because you're with someone who creates the space for you. Like I've walked in there before where you've been, like, oh, we did this today and I found these things at home and before my ex would have gone absolutely mental and he just finds it hilarious. But I think <laughs> I just want to caveat guys for anyone who is listening, cause I, you know, things go wild when we talk about relationships a little bit on this podcast. But for anyone who is listening, what actually happened when you met Jack was that you shut the door on the toxicity that was behind you. And it was quite soon after, wasn't it, that you just went, I am done with this toxic stuff in my life. You took control of your happiness. Yeah. You, you went away and you hadn't fully broken away from that relationship when you went away. It was like kind of still kind of going along in the, you took control, you went away, you worked yeah. yourself and in walked the guy that you're with now that you're so in love with and you have this amazing relationship, but it took for you to go, I am done with that. And I think so many people mm. stay, they stay stuck because they don't know anything else. They don't take control. And then they aren't allowing that greatness to walk in, which is what you've done. So the reason why this yeah. happened for you is you took control. I even had a process though, which is really good. I think for anyone listening to know is when when Jack walked into my life and I was like, okay, this is amazing. This is unreal. But why? Cause what happened with me was when I decided to close the door as well, I was like, I'm just going to focus on me now. No men, no one, no one else, just me focus on me, get me right. Get me well, get me fighting fit again. And I feel like when I met him, I was like, Oh no, this has come way too soon. Or like, mm -hmm. this is, why is this happening now? Or like, am I ready for this? And I can remember sitting down with my mum being like, I don't feel like I deserve this yet. I feel like I've got to like work really hard. And I can, and even you said this to me, he's like, well, don't you think you actually went through enough? Like you've yeah. done that hard. If anyone deserves it, it's you. Jesus. But it did, it did feel weird. And I did feel at first, like, it sounds so bad to say. And so I always think it's such an ugly characteristic, but to put yourself down, but I did put myself down a bit and I was like, oh, I don't know if I deserve someone like him yet. And and my, I sat down with my mum. She's like, "Why would you not deserve like the best person in the world?" And she's like, "Because that's what you give, and that's what you." And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." Like, it's, and it took me a while to even accept that. So, I think it's so normal for anyone that's gone through anything quite dark and toxic when you come out of it, and then you come into a new transition for it to feel a little bit uncomfortable at first because all you all you were used to is is the bad like yeah. and for me in the first stages I was I was just waiting for something bad to happen because I was like this can't be real this isn't how it works like I'm waiting for the first big row or the first like cyclops or some um, jealousy thing or like just something that's really not healthy that yeah. I thought was normal yeah and that I mean 
again, you love like what you said there about how you didn't love yourself. And so you were in an environment where you were with someone who wasn't portraying that love for you too in the same way. Mm. Whereas you took control, you learned to love yourself. And then, yeah. and that's what I've seen. I've seen from the outsiders, like it is such a classic case of you found yourself, you prioritized yourself. And then all of a sudden everything, because obviously now you are literally like flying high in your career and like the things that are happening, like you've manifested all the things that you were like, like two years ago, you were like, I want all of this to happen. You know, I want to bring Ella back, like had this huge success post and now I don't know what's next to me and everyone's waiting. And it's like, it's all happened now after you've taken control of yourself, you've implemented boundaries, you've learned to like build up yourself, put yourself first. And it's like such the epitome of, I think for me, it's energy, it's your environment, it's surrounding yourself with the right people and taking yourself away from those other environments and you know where you said obviously like you still very much live with anxiety and I think this is something so important just to really quickly touch on um obviously you still have those down days and and I know it's something you're still working through with that anxiety how different do the panic attacks look now compared to back then like how is there a light a slightly lighter feeling to them than there was or are they still as like intense but you know how to come out the other side yeah I think working through them I think first of all understanding that it is just panic and anxiety um Mm. took me for it took me a long long time to I I would you know I I kept revisiting the doctors the GP I've seen specialists because I just didn't believe that this chemical thing that goes on in your body that feels so scary when you're actually going through it if anyone is going through it listening that that's down to okay my brain's telling me that something scary is happening right now and this is fear and anxiety like it was just really surreal and I think because I've always just been like this strong bubbly character I felt really weird that it was anxiety for a while and accepting that that's what it was So for me, whenever I feel it coming on or I feel like this slight lift of adrenaline or this slight thing, I instantly know it's just panic. It's just anxiety. And I, the first thing I do is bring it back to my breathing, how am I breathing? And I'll slow that right down. Sometimes I need a a glass of water. I've not hydrated. So I'm like, okay, have a glass of water, sit and breathe, sit and try, I try and go somewhere quiet and just focus on it for a little while. Um, You're very good at going for walks as well. Yeah, I, I have to go for my walks. My walks are, are, are <laughs> like where you are. Like, stand outside to get myself some fresh air and go for a oh, walk. Oh, I need my fresh air. Like that's and that's an important thing as well because I think I used to do a lot of hermit crabbing where I'd stay in the house all yeah. day for 24 hours. That's yeah. just not healthy. Like you need to breathe in oxygen. You need to see another human being. I know it's COVID, but like you need to get out and 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 feel the world around you because otherwise you just you, you lose sight of like what reality is a bit and and then it all just gets worse and worse and deepens and deepens and then it gets you just procrastinate and I I, I hated that feeling um, and just learning to like let go with with it like I think. I used to get really tense up when I felt anxiety coming on and I used to get myself yeah. more worked up. Whereas now I just kind of loosen myself into it and treat it as like, okay, just go with it. And even if there might be this, hor- yeah, there might be this horrible moment halfway through where I really think I'm about to die, but I'm not. And yeah. it's going to be okay. And in 10 minutes time or half an hour, however long it takes me to come around from it, like I'll just feel a bit exhausted from it. And I just mm-hmm. take that day a lot easier than maybe I was planning on taking it and and also it's it's good to know that you don't need to have down days I have down minutes down down hours like or I just you know like I I have mornings or evenings or an afternoon where I'm just like oh this overwhelming feeling and and 
if you can find a way of pulling yourself out of that, that's so powerful. Mm. Um, and when you figure what that is and you, you can do it, you know, with me, it was a case of, I learned how to do it with amazing people around me. So yeah. then was the transition of, okay, how do I do this just for myself? And how do yeah. I get myself out of it? And when you figure that out and you start to learn it and you live it, it's one of the most powerful things because you feel like you're back in control again. Yeah, and it's taking that control back. I mean, there was one really funny, I wouldn't say funny, but I think there was one night, wasn't there, where you knocked on my door and then I knocked on your door. We both had a panic attack. We were like, you were like, or didn't you say once you were coming to my house and you were like, shit, I'm going to her to help me with a panic attack and she's having her own one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I was coming to you because I had anxiety, but you was going through one. So I ended up having to sit and like console you. But, and I was, I didn't even admit to you at the time that I was going through one because I wanted to make you feel better. But inside I was then panicking more because I was like, oh my God, what if we both start just having having a panic attack together? But I think it's so important that people know that like, you know, this is my job and yet I still go through it. You're, you're someone who is living like and breathing like ultimate success and you're so happy, but you're still living and going through it. And I think that more conversations oh, yeah. like this need to happen because how much of you when you first started having these panic attacks and anxiety and I guess really understanding how low your self-worth was and mentality, how hard was that to admit to like the people around you in your space of work and like even wider with like your fans and and audiences and stuff. Did you find that difficult or did you feel like it was quite accepted? No, I found it really hard because I hid it all. I hid it all for like 18 months. Like when, and especially the last six months of it is when I kind of just had one of the worst panic attacks I've ever had. I mean, I ended Mm -hmm. up at my manager's house um, on his landing just in bits and pieces and on the floor. And I think it was the first time he was like, cause he knew I was struggling with something. And I think for him to physically see it in front of him as well. And, our, and his wife who are literally like second family to me, yeah, I think it hit them hard to be like, Oh my God, Ella's been going through this for a while. This explains so much. Yeah. Um, and I think I found it really hard to admit the most because in what I do, you have to be in the driving seat. I need to be the leader. I need to know everything yeah. that's going on and I need to be the one that drives everyone. And I bring all my team together. Like I am my own brand, just yeah. like you. So yeah. you feel this big sense of responsibility of like, okay, well, if I'm down and if anyone sees me down or if anyone sees me really struggling, they're going to think that I'm struggling with the job and then they're going to like move things away from my diary, but I do want them opportunities or they're yeah. going to you know, relax things for me and I don't want them to be relaxed or they're going to think I'm not qualified or set up to be a singer and perform and travel anymore and it's it's so stupid what I used to tell myself because it was just so human and now Mm -hmm. I have such more of a balanced life like in my diary it's still very much scheduled there's still loads that goes on but there are I mean every day there's a set time in my diary that's my time and no one's allowed to move it no one's allowed to touch it and whether I use that for my exercise, my yoga, my meditations, going for my walks. Um, it doesn't matter. Like that is my time and no one's allowed to touch that. Like we've realized that for me, it just helped having it scheduled in there because yeah. otherwise I just found I was sleeping in until I had to get up for work. And it's just like, you get up and life just became work and I didn't have a life outside of it. And I didn't know yeah. what made me happy on my own. Um, yeah. And also there's a massive difference between feeling alone and being lonely Um, and, and like learning how to be alone with yourself without feeling lonely, lonely is still something I'm working on. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that's something that I find really hard because I come from a family of six. There's, I've got, there's four of me and my siblings. I'm the youngest. So I'm always around like them older boisterous characters. Yeah. 
Then I went to a boarding school. Then I went on X Factor and then I do what I do. So I've constantly just been around people. Surrounded by people, yeah. Yeah, so you know for me one of the biggest triggers for me I've found is is just it can be when my my boyfriend's away and I'm on my own and I'm home on my own and I just let my thoughts go crazy and that's when I start to get anxious but I realize okay I'm in such a safe place yeah no no I'm not in harm's way um why don't I run myself a bath right now or why don't I put on an episode Mm -hmm. of that thing that my boyfriend hates watching but I love because it's garbage and then I put that on and it's like all these things that actually it's that and then you feel like oh actually this is my time and that even that feels powerful because you're like no one gets to have that time um and that's that's still something I'm working on it's so incredibly powerful to realize that the power lies with you and everything that you've said in all of this is at every moment where you've thrived or you've stepped up or you've come out of a toxic situation you've taken your power back you've gone this is mine I'm going to have that. And I think what the tools that you've given and you've said throughout this that have really helped support you are all you just taking the control of what you can control and going, do you know what? I'm yeah. having this back. Like, yeah, like I, you know, we had this conversation this morning. I was like, I woke up this morning in a bad mood, allowed my negative thoughts to run. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm not doing that. I'm going to choose again. One thing I really want to just touch on because you've spoken about work quite a lot. And I think for me, the biggest thing I've seen is you've stepped into a new like relationship, which is absolutely serving you in every, every way, shape perform you're prioritizing your friends you've got an amazing relationship with your family and then now all of a sudden this is something we spoke about this morning your career has just gone absolutely in, like I mean ridiculous and you found how did you find that love back for your work again because we were talking about this earlier how it feels so aligned like something you wanted so desperately two years ago you kind of let go of it and now it's all come into your life and you weren't expecting to have the number one that you've just had with go home together for so long and everything like you know I walk into your room and you're like we just got to number one and there's so much excitement in you how has it made you how have you fallen back in love with your work where's that where's that purpose come back back in I think the transition of just I I kind of put everything into isolation for a bit of time where I took I I mean I turned my phone off for like three weeks and just focused on me it was and it was a really weird time because I would get up have some breakfast with my mum and then I'd take the dogs for a walk and I wasn't allowed to go on my phone it was just all about okay what do I want to do that makes me happy and when I started focusing on me more, I, I just had this like, that's where I feel like I've started growing a lot more on my self-love. And then once you start loving yourself again, or you start loving yourself for the first time, it's like this whole thing, like, it's like you had tunnel vision before and then everything just starts to open up. And now I think it's really weird. Everything that's going on in my life was already there. It's just, yeah. I've got this different approach to things. And I yeah. and I do see even that with energy, like everything is constantly surrounding you. It's just a case of whether you're ready to nurture it or ready to take it on and you're going to give it the love that it deserves. And I think with me, I definitely, I've always had an incredible team around me that are ready to go and take on the world. It's just, I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. I've always had my talent sat there ready to do its thing but it's just like I've always just probably sat just behind it and just been a bit too scared of like stepping up to the line that I need to step up to and then my friends have always been there it's just been a case of okay well actually I checked out of the relationship just as much as in my head I was convincing myself it was their fault and taking a lot of the blame away from other things and not necessarily putting it on myself but just taking the blame away and just being like let's just start afresh with everything um and also I, I I definitely had the the uh the mindset of treating everything as if it was new again 
So mm. I, I trep my, especially with my work, I didn't, I saw it as I'd, I erased ghost out of my head just because yeah. I needed to have this thing where one, I wasn't concentrating on something where I had such success. And then how am I going to get there again? It was more so like, let's just bring everything back to basics. I want to build my fan base up again. I want to tour again. And let's do it as if I'm a new artist that no one knows of, because that's the only way I'm going to work with the hunger and fire in my belly that this job needs. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how I viewed it. And then everything that comes again and when things start to happen, you just feel 10 times more grateful for them because it's just, it's weird. I feel more grateful this time around than I did when I was 18 and more in tune with things and more just because I now realize as well at that age for the success I had, it wasn't normal. Yeah. It was, it was huge and massive. And when I was in it, it was a massive whirlwind and sitting here now, that's what I constantly live and strive for. And just want to build upon who I am as a person and my relationships and grow and learn. And even as a songwriter, I feel like, I think two years ago, I even fell out of love with just sitting back at my piano and writing a song. I found that really hard. I felt like I had a big wall there and I couldn't connect with, I always blame it on like, oh, I'm just not that into the piano anymore. But actually it's because I was so afraid of connecting with myself and actually opening up like the moment I just unlocked how I was actually feeling and everything that's going on like now my songwriting's flying and I'm writing for other artists and collaborating with other people and that's what I've always wanted to do but yeah. I don't know how I ever would have been able to have done it if I didn't do this whole journey of what I'm on at the moment because you have to let go and you have to be yourself you have to feel comfortable in your own skin otherwise other people don't trust you and, and believe in you like you've got to be your number one fan before yeah. anyone else um yeah. and now I'm probably like I'm still learning how to be that because I'm just miss Negi Annie sometimes as we all are but <laughs> do not I try not and, no. do, do you know what there's so much beauty in so much of what you said because underlying of all of it you've been like like we had this conversation this morning about you saying about songwriting again and getting back into the artistry of your work and the real reason why you're doing your work rather than the the celeb side, the visual side, the validation side, the pop star side, yeah. and the creative side. You've When you said earlier about you stopped blaming everyone else, what really happened is you took responsibility for your part to play. Like I was in an incredibly toxic relationship. Like, well, I've been in loads of them, but I look back and I'm like, I could blame that person, but but I was also incredibly toxic too. And I was full of insecurities. You've taken responsibility. You found your truth. You've put yourself first. You surrounded yourself with amazing people. You've been, you, you, know, you prioritize gratitude and focusing your energy on good things. What you've essentially done is you, you're literally the, if I was to have like a get lit checkbook out right now, you've ticked all the boxes and now you're like manifesting absolutely everything. And I think there's so many wonderful lessons for everyone to hear in what you've said. I guess if I was just to like round this off, what would you say you're the most proud of yourself for to date? No, it's a really good question though. Like, I think I'm just most proud that like, honestly, like, and I don't know why, because whenever I sit and do this, it makes me well up, but I'm really, really proud of like not giving up on myself because I, I definitely nearly was there like wow. to like just give up on so many different things yeah. and I just think it's so sad, like where I would be today if I had have made that decision, like yeah. I would not have been a happy girl. So like not giving up on myself and, and, and thank God, like anyone that can do this on their own is like amazing. Cause like I had to have my parents around me and people around me to help me do it. Um, and I don't mean people that I pay for. There were people that were there yeah. like with unconditional love, just ready to be like, 
come here like you just need to have some you time and that's what I did but yeah not giving up on myself because you know all these amazing things have happened that just wouldn't have happened and wouldn't have existed if I had (laughs) and like also how incredibly brave it is to even say that out loud I think there is such a role model even in the in to so many people listening to this that you were in the depths you were in the depths you were like you were done with everything and you Mm. and only you yes you might have had people around you but only you have pulled yourself back out of that in such a like it hasn't been a short time as in quick fix but you know no it hasn't and that's that's a really good thing for people to know Beck. I think like it doesn't take it this didn't happen in three weeks or three months it's this has been ongoing now for me. I, it, well, it's been a year exactly, really, since I, yeah. I properly made the transition and started my change. And I think the whole point of it is that, yeah, I'm a year into it and so many amazing things have happened. But for me, I've seen the last year as my recovery year and like building myself up again. So now I'm in this place, I'm almost even more excited now to be like, okay, well, now I'm in a stronger place than where I was a year ago. So what can I achieve in the next in the next yeah. 12 months because if you yeah. if you grasp hold of that and you then you, you keep that thought with you it's kind of kind of it unlocks this thing of being like okay well I can only get bigger and stronger from here and I think that has to take an element of somewhere below all of you like when even when you were in that depth there was a shinier brighter version of you that was like Noella I trust you I trust that there had to have been such a strong person within that to say I trust myself actually I trust that this is going to change I trust that I've got this and I trust that the universe has got me because even something we spoke about earlier about trust where you said like two of your biggest songs recently you'd been sitting on them forever but you knew that they were going to be big songs we've had those conversations two years ago you're like I know this is going to be a good song and how much has trust been a massive part of that for you I think as well in what I do, I've always found it really hard to, you have so many opinions around you and, and that's not just in the music industry and so many different jobs. You, you'll find people around boardroom meetings or in meetings and they want to like let everyone know an idea, but you get embarrassed about it or you think, yeah. oh, I think it's really good, but is it? And you second guess yourself. Um, and I do a lot of that with my music. So I'll write a song that I'm super proud of. And it's my absolute baby, like all my songs are, but then there'll be one song in particular where I'm like, I love this song. And yeah. and I keep it aside and I keep it by and keep it at bay. And like, I mean, I wrote This Is Real with Jax Jones. We wrote that together before Ghost. Um, yeah. And we lived and sat on that for six to seven years. Wow. And then eventually it comes out and we release it. And and we, I mean, when he, we tried different artists on it. And then at the time he was like, look, I want you to do it. Let's just put it on the album. It was always just going to be an album track. And then all of a sudden it just got a huge reaction on all the streaming platforms. And that was even better because I was like, not only did we think it was good, like other people are like actually just showing us that what we thought was right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which doesn't happen all the time but when it yeah. does you feel really good yeah. <laughs> so good amazing and you did say like you're excited for the next 12 months so for you what do yeah. those 12 months look like when is the next Ella Henderson album out and what is what are your goals what are you still striving for in the next 12 months where where are you trying to position yourself now I'm so excited because even though I've been around for a while I have not released my album my second album yet and that's coming this year <sighs> and it's pretty much nearly finished so I'm very excited to be releasing that and everyone to to finally just hear what's been going on I think I touch upon all sorts love heartbreak most of the conversation of what was spoken about here Um, so yeah I think it's nice you'll get like a snapshot of where I've been in my life over the last few years and hopefully people can relate and and they like some of the tunes 
I love it. I'm so excited for that. And I guess just to finish off, if you were to give a young woman listening to this who struggles with self-doubt, anxiety, negative thinking, maybe perhaps in a toxic relationship, any like three bits of advice, what would they be? Your most like important things for you? Don't give up on yourself. Mm-hmm. You're way stronger than you know. And nothing's going to change if you don't make change. Yes, Ella, I love that. They are yeah. epic. Thank you so much. Honestly, this has been amazing. I could talk to you forever. We've been on for an hour. Um, I could talk to you forever, but thank you. I think there's so much to learn in here. And like, just as someone who is your friend, it's been so amazing to watch this growth and the glow up is so real. And I just guess my my take on this for other people would just be to say like, when you don't give up on yourself and you do take that responsibility, like this is the magic that happens. And to see you where you are now when just a year ago you were like I might I'm ready to give up is just a testament to your strength and your resilience so I'm very like it's just been amazing to watch and I adore you thank you so much you have been listening to the get lit with Becky Rabin podcast the place to be to build a life that you love and a mindset that will take you places thank you so much for tuning in today if you liked this episode please don't forget to like share and review us so that we can keep spreading this light and help more women light up together. Every time you share on your socials or with a friend, you help another person find us and help us spread that light further. If you are a regular around here, don't forget to click subscribe or follow. Add us to your libraries so that you can be notified of all of our latest episodes. And don't forget to also check out all that we have to offer at www.getlitinc.co.uk. That is www.getlitinc.co.uk to help you drop self-doubt and truly step into your greatness. From our group coaching programs, workshops, courses, memberships, and our very own Get Lit Community Coaches, as well as tons of free resources aimed to help you excel in your personal lives, entrepreneurial journeys, and in your careers, we have absolutely everything for you. And if you are looking for a coach that is right for you, then don't forget to head to our expert directory, that is getlitinc.co.uk forward slash expert hyphen directory and you can see our incredible directory of approved coaches ready and raring to support you on your growth journey you know what time it is it is time to step into your power raise your vibration and get lit planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.